You're listening to Mind Your OT Business, a podcast to empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners and others to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, the ever honest, always 100% real, Laura Park Figueroa. I'm the founder and owner of Outdoor Kids OT, a leader in the nature-based therapy movement, as well as a business coach for therapist entrepreneurs exclusively in my Business Better Ops group coaching program. I hope that what you hear on this podcast will empower you to take action, even when you feel a little bit afraid. So are you ready to take action? Let's jump in. All right, let's dive in. Today, we are on the second number of our Enneagram series, which is the helper, Enneagram number two. And if you haven't already listened to the intro, you should go back, especially if you're not familiar with what the Enneagram is, go back and listen to the introduction to the series episode, which is two episodes ago. At time of this recording, I'm not sure what number that will be, but just go back in your podcast player and look two back and it'll be that one, the introduction to the Enneagram series. And then we now are on the second number, which is number two, the helper. And so I have invited Rachel Germanovich. I just realized before we hit record, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last name right. Am I? You're close. Germanovich. Germanovich. Okay. I was really close. Usually I ask people before we hit record, (laughs) but we're going to leave that in because better done than perfect, everyone. (laughs) Germanovich, Rachel Germanovich. So she's the owner of Learn, Play, Live OT, which is in East Central Illinois, right near me now here in Madison, Wisconsin. And it is a mobile OT business that offers direct and group-based services in homes, communities, and in nature for children. So she's a nature person after my own heart which makes me so happy. And I could totally go down that line, but I will not. We will focus on Enneagram here. I said that with another person who is a nature-based OT. So welcome, Rachel. I'll stop talking now and let you say hello to everyone. (laughs) Hello. Hello, Laura. Thanks so much for having me. I've looked up to you since I first started listening to your podcast. So it's just an honor to be here having a conversation with you one-on-one. So sweet. (laughs) Well, I'm excited. I'm I'm so excited to delve into the Enneagram too, because I think that so many occupational therapists and, and therapists in general, I know there are other kinds of therapists that listen to this podcast. And so many of us go into this field because, well, all of us hopefully go into the field because we want to help people. And so it tends to be a field in which the helping professions, obviously, have people who are helpers in them. So I think what what we'll talk about today will really help a lot of people who are listening. So let's read the Enneagram description of the helper from the Enneagram Institute website. And then I'll kind of see if that resonates with you. So the helper is the type two, Enneagram type two, the caring interpersonal type, generous, demonstrative, people-pleasing, and possessive. So the twos are empathetic, sincere, and warm-hearted, friendly, generous, self-sacrificing, but can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. They're well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. They typically have problems with possessiveness and with acknowledging their own needs. At their best, they are unselfish and altruistic. They have unconditional love for others. The basic fear of a two is being unwanted or unworthy of being loved. The basic desire is to feel loved. And then we've talked a little about the wings. So some types lean towards one 
number that's next to them or the other. So an Enneagram two with a one wing is called the servant. That's someone who is a helper, but also the one is the perfectionist. So they would be called the servant. That's the title they've given them on the Enneagram Institute website. And then an Enneagram two with a three wing is the host or hostess who is a helper with an achiever wing. So they kind of lean towards achieving and also helping. So Rachel, do those resonate? And do you know what your wing is? Do you resonate with one or the other? Or are you more solidly a three? I'm definitely solidly a two. And then as far as wings, I'm... I mean, I'm a two, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't say that I solidly identify with one or the other. I think I lean towards wing eight achiever. But when I take the Enneagram tests, I feel like all of the results, I've taken it multiple times. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Because I've been have. curious. I, uh, yeah, so that kind of varies. And that I think just is kind of dependent on maybe the day and how I'm processing what's happening mm-hmm. in my life. And then that impacts how I respond to questions yeah. on, you know, the tests and things like that. So I think I lean maybe like wing eight to wing eight, but yeah, it varies. Oh, interesting. And okay. Definitely... So you're saying, you're saying eight, like the challenger, is that what you're saying? Or are oh, you trying to no, say sorry. three? I said that wrong. Three. Three. Oh yeah. 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 Three. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because wing three. I, yeah, I'm glad cheaper. you, mm-hmm. I'm glad you kind of made that little error of wording because one thing that I have thought about now, I told you before we hit record, I've already recorded a ton of these interviews, so I'm obviously not going to go back and do all of them. But one thing I don't think I've mentioned very much in the interviews I've, I've already recorded is that I kind of feel like I should have talked more in these episodes about where the numbers go in times of stress or in times of health. So there's these, when you were saying I go to the eight, I'm like, oh, but that's, that's when you're healthy. You're kind of able to set boundaries. You're able to kind of say what you want. So there's an area of stress and an area of growth for every number. And one of the, oh wait, no, the two go, hold on. Let me move my zoom meeting window here. Oh, the two goes to an eight in times of stress. So they try to control, I guess it's interesting, but maybe that now that I'm saying all this, it would have gotten too confusing to do this with everyone, but but everyone can go on. If you, if you are interested, there are different ways that all the numbers interact. And I've said this on many of the episodes that none of the numbers are bad and none of the numbers are good. They all have equally good and bad. If we want to give like judgmental titles to them, right? Parts to them. And there are different ways that people act in times of stress or growth. And so you can go to the Enneagram Institute website and see that about your own number, but we won't go into that as much in these episodes. Cause I do think it gets a little confusing because I just made an error in how I presented it. So go there and see, because it's really helpful to learn about how to notice when you're in a period of stress or a period of growth. So, okay. Yeah. So you would say you're, you're maybe more the two leaning towards three, which is, which is fine. There's not, you know, there's not any right or wrong answer for what wing you think you are. So, so does the, yeah. does the description though resonate with you? Yeah. So what I was going to say, then it kind of goes back to what you were just talking about, like the growth versus the stress periods. I remember when I had first heard I would, you, you kind of are what directed me towards the Enneagram, um, mm-hmm. just trying it out and taking the test. And so when I had initially heard you start talking about it, you had mentioned that oftentimes you'll get like a top three or something like that. And how um, often if you read your description, some of the things will kind of make you cringe <laughs> and you'll yeah. be like, ah, but that is kind of me. And so as I read through, like some of the things that make me cringe are like demonstrative or like possessive or, you know, things like that. And I think that kind of comes to that, like stress versus growth periods. And Mm. so like, yeah, if you're willing to be really honest with yourself, you can look back and kind of see some of those areas. So overall, yeah, the type two definitely resonates with me, the positives and the, yeah, the areas that need some work at times, um, like stressful times and things like that. So 
yeah, most of the description rings really true. Resonates. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, so tell us what, let's start with your strengths. Like what are your, and, and also I've been kind of asking people too, to give a little insight. Do you feel like your Enneagram has, has influenced like how you've started or how you run your business? So in some ways that's your strengths. Like what are your, what are the strong things about your Enneagram type in starting and running your business? So I would say like overall, like my strengths as like a type two would be um, just kind of being warm, compassionate to most people. I'm pretty inviting, pretty non-judgmental, which allows me to be able to kind of meet people where they're at in a therapy profession. Um, I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, if you have like a really set, like this is who I am and these are the people that I work with, I think it can kind of turn people off. Mm-hmm. But if you're a little bit more warm and you're willing to kind of listen and grow with them and, you know, approaches change, it just kind of makes for a more therapeutic relationship, I think. So that I think helps a lot. And my business is a therapy business. So that, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it's all about serving. I'm pretty agreeable, easy to get along with. I wouldn't say I'm a pushover, but just, yeah, I don't feel like there are a lot of things I have strong preferences about. Easy going. So I think yeah. those are easy going. Yeah. I I don't, I don't think that doesn't really have to do so much of the business. That's more how I do therapy. Yeah. And so I would say a lot of the ways that my, that my type two personality influences my business is more about kind of the areas. I don't want to call them weaknesses, but like the areas that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Like the areas that like, I really have to focus on and like grow on because that really impacts yeah. how I do business then. So yeah. So I've, I've tried to think a lot about that and then set up ideally set up systems for kind of how to do that. And so that influences sure. my business a lot, but overall my business is very like client focused. And so that's yeah. right along with the type two. <laughs> yeah. So. so how do you feel like, what do you feel like as far as your business, so you alluded to it a little, I'm wondering if there, if any examples come to mind about like what the strengths are of a two as a business owner. Like even if it was an OT who is running a business that was like a product-based business or something, like, do you have any thoughts on that? Like as far as business goes, like your entrepreneurship? Yeah. I think they could be really good leaders, like as far as like having compassion for their employees and caring about who they are and their development and investing in their employees and just kind of having an environment that is kind of a more compassionate and not super competitive type of. Yes. um, Yeah environment. And so that I think can be a positive thing. Yeah. Regardless of what area you're, what, yeah, what you, what your business is and yeah, what area you're working in. Right. Mm -hmm. And like customer service would be a really Mm -hmm. strong strong point. And I think about that some a lot with therapy, like as a, as a therapist, you're not supposed to be in customer service, but when you own your own business, some of it is right. Because you are are the one that's interacting with the families and the clients and you want, and you need them to be happy if they're going to refer you on or refer others on to you. And so, yeah, that's something I think type twos can be pretty good at. (laughs) And that, that can take a lot of time, that customer service piece. So let's, and that makes me think of some things that may be a challenge for people who are type twos, which I think I know what you're going to say, but um, what are the challenges? I mean, maybe along yeah. that customer service line, that would be an interesting way to dive into this topic of yeah. challenges for the two. For sure. So um, I've, I've kind of come up with, with a, a handful of them that I think are like the top things. Um, one of them does have to do with kind of the customer service role. So like I think type twos tend to be, well, they are more like people pleasing. They want to serve people. They want to make them happy. So one that can really impact time and how time is spent. You can very easily just, yeah, spend a lot of time, unpaid time that is 
and are you enjoy it? You know that you're serving them. And so right. then serving the person. And so, yeah, it just, it kind of feeds into that people pleasing. But when you sit back, you're like, wow, I just spent an hour on that discovery call, like learning about this yes. client that I'm never actually going to see ever. Right. So, um, or see a dime of money. I mean, maybe you will in the future, right? It, it could be said yeah. that that is marketing because you're helping people for free that's and maybe true. later yes. they're going to become yes. your client, but yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how I time. try to think about it. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of how I try to think about it. And as you, as your business grows and there are more of those, then it's a little bit harder to spend that much right. time. You know, you, you, it's impossible to spend that much time on each one. So yeah. that is tricky. Um, the other thing when it comes to time is that, yeah, you tend to give a lot more time than mm-hmm. like taking time to clients or just kind of like work in general, um, because it's for clients and you want to make sure that it's all set up really well for them. Right. Like I said, I'm, I'm really don't want to be like a negative negative Nancy, a negative person. So I I tend to always be very like growth mindset. Um, And so I always think of these things and think like, okay, so like, this is the challenge, like, how can we work on that? And so one of my main focuses right now, I'm I'm working through a book called Indistractable. And so it's Mm. all about just one, how we can get rid of distractions, but then like, it kind of dies into blocking time. And I've kind of talked about that some too, but um, just like starting with yourself, and then family, and then work and work will probably take the most of your time, but just always starting prioritizing that other, those other things. And so that helps, I think a lot. What's the, who's the but author? Yeah, can you, can you share who it's called indistractable? Yeah. Oh, I should know. I have it right here. It's I think near, it's kind of an interesting spelling. Okay. Let's, let's get it and, yeah. and share it. Cause, um, N I R E Y A L. So near a yeah. So the yeah. first name is N-I-R and the last name is E-Y-A-L. And that is, E-Y-A-L. A, that's a resource that I think every single Enneagram type could probably use because as entrepreneurs, yeah, we're all distractible. We all have shiny object syndrome. We all take on too much usually, or we're yep. serving our clients way over the top and spending way too much time and not focusing on the things that can move our business forward financially. Maybe, I mean, there's so many things that can distract us for any Enneagram type. So that is mm-hmm. going on my business book list to get. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind good. of gets into your, yeah. And it kind of gets into your, drives you into your stress state, which then yeah. kind of you end up with like those more like maladaptive tendencies of your type. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So right, I do, right, I do, right. I do know, I do notice that for sure. Yeah, you kind of get resentful and yeah, it just is it's just as tricky. The other thing about um the customer service part is being a people pleaser. And so in a therapy role, if some families will give feedback consistently, but mm-hmm. you also can't depend on like a family to give you feedback to know that you're doing well yes. and you can meet goals, but if they're not necessarily what the family is working on wanting to work on or you know, whatever, then it still isn't serving the family. And so I find I have, I I have noticed when I start having a hard time in therapy, some of it is that I just need to do more consistent check-ins with my families and just make sure that I'm serving them in the way that they want and that we're, things are going smoothly. And sometimes I often, I should say, I find that that helps with that component. Rachel, how do you, how how do you elicit feedback from them? Because one thing I think that I have seen some business owners tend to do is to say, well, no one's complaining. So everything's great. You know, I mean, I yeah. didn't say that directly, but I've said, well, everyone's tells me it's great. I'm like, well, have you directly asked for anonymous feedback from all your clients? Because you're not going to hear negative feedback. The majority of people, right. even people that aren't Enneagram twos, they don't want to give, it's uncomfortable for everyone. Even eights like me don't like to give, mm-hmm. we don't mind conflict, but we don't like to give negative feedback to people who enjoys that. So yeah. I think that, I think that 
making space for people to give the quote unquote negative or constructive criticism that might not even be negative. It might just be, you know, this could be done differently and and serve us better is something Mm -hmm. that I think all business owners should be thinking about. And I imagine that it might be hard for twos to do that. (laughs) So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you have any tips on that, or if you have a way that you elicit feedback, or do you do it mostly organically talking with people? What's your comment on that? Yeah. So Right now, I do it more like organic, like organically talking with people. I do, I have considered, and I think as I bring on more therapists to work with, um, yeah. with me or alongside me, I will come up with some sort of more like objective feedback type of thing, like where maybe every six months or once a year or something like that, yeah. I email them like a form that they could maybe feel comfortable filling out or something like that. Yeah. Um, every time I talk to them or send them emails, I always include a line that says, if you have any questions or feedback or anything you feel like needs to be added or removed or anything like that, I always include that line. So they know that that communication is there. Yeah. Um, I talk a lot with my families about how much I appreciate communication mm-hmm. um, when it comes to things that they want to see more of or less of. And then uh, just in general, every couple months, just checking in on um, how they view progress is going. You know, what is the week looking like when I'm not there? Things like that. And sure. so often there will be times that I'm like, oh gosh, I just, I'm not, I'm not getting a great feeling from this family. Yeah, sure. I wonder, I wonder what they're thinking. And then I'll ask and they'll be like, oh, it's wonderful. We're just so happy with the progress he's making. And <laughs> right. he just, he has fun, you know, just all of this stuff. Um, and I'm like, wow, I would not have guessed that, but I'm glad that I, I'm glad I initiated that conversation. Yeah. So just having um, the open lines of yeah. communication is good. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. It definitely helps. Okay. Are um, there other, are there other challenges that you had on your list? I can't remember if we went through everything. Yeah. You said like five well, or something. Like, yeah, I know. Lot. Well, I've, I've thought about this a lot, Laura. So, okay. So one thing that I think is hard for type twos in, I have three more things is a client avatar. So um, one thing mm-hmm. when you're getting into business and you're starting your own business, everybody is like, you have to get a, get your client avatar and then um, niche down and be very specific. Yes. Um, and for a type two, when you have people calling that are like, we have this concern, um, like we're looking for help. It's really hard to say no. And, I don't work with um, that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's interesting. Oh, gosh. I wouldn't like, have I don't thought work of with that. that person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really hard. Instead, I'm like, no, I'll just I'll put in the 24 to 48 hours of extra work to figure out exactly how to work for and serve yes. your child. Um, or buy this new assessment that I don't even own exactly. right now, but I need to assess yeah. that thing that I didn't really work on before, but I will now because I love yeah. you and I, and I will be <laughs> right. I will become a pro. I will be um, amazing at treating that particular thing. And so I think it's easier to niche down maybe if you have like a wider group of people that you're working with, like in like a large city or something like that. I I live in a, not a, not a, it's rural, um, but we have a, a, you know, kind of a larger area, about 40, 50, 60,000 people, something like that, like a campus town. There are other providers, but there aren't, there's not like an abundance of providers and there's a pretty wide range of needs too. And so yeah. So, so that can be a little bit challenging because I know that they need services. I know they need help and they might not have anywhere else to go. So that is, that is tricky. Yeah. Like um, putting, yourself, one, putting yourself first as a two is very challenging for people. And so that's hard. like at the so very hard. beginning of your business, you have to think about what's the end goal here. What's the life I want? What's the business that I, what right. is the business that I want? And what do I want my life to look like? And start with that end goal in mind, because if you 
don't, you're especially as an Enneagram two, I'm speaking specifically to the twos out there right now that to take that time early on for yourself, like, what do you want for your business and, and hold that as like a compass as you build your business? Because if not, I mean, Rachel, you'd be driving all over rural Illinois to see people like two hours away. Probably. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I was. And and the one thing that grounds me right now is I have a couple kids at home. And so when I, like, I have to think, you know, not, it still isn't serving me. It's serving me in that I want to be a parent, but it's, it's a little bit easier for me to think of it as serving them. So like, Hmm, I, you know, like I know that I want to be home with them. I don't want to miss that time. There are a lot of things I want to do with them and I don't want to miss that time. And so it's, it's a little bit easier than to say like, no, I can't drive two hours, but if it was just me, I'm I'm grateful that I don't have a type two husband because he's like, like, how can you do this? You can't do this. Like it just doesn't. Um, And so that's, that's another thing that they talk about a bit on the Enneagram Institute website are people that you pair well with. And so that's something to consider, I think, um, whether it's a business partner or, or in a, in a relationship. And and one thing, when you talk about like what you want, um, like money, is hard, I think, for a type two, like asking for money for your services and um, kind of knowing your worth um, and what is like, what is a typical thing to offer um, versus like, what is just you wanting to go above and beyond? Um, And at the same time, that's kind of what drove me to my own business because I saw clients paying a lot of money and I would see the services and be like, why are you paying this much money for these services? Like, wow, like this is yeah, you're, you're kind of being taken advantage of a little bit here by these like large organizations. And so that kind of drove me into offering these services and in, in my own business. But at the same time, it's tricky, you know, when there are insurance issues or whatever to then yeah. go back to the family and say, now that falls on you. That's, right. that, that can be really hard. And so I try to implement systems and, and have it not be feel like I am asking, have it, you know, right. be like set up from the beginning. So I think it's you can get around that by having the right systems in place and researching what the value is so that you can feel very confident saying like, this is what I do. This is, this is what it's worth. Sure. And delegating too. I think eventually as you grow, I mean, I know you're, you know, if you're early in your business, sometimes it's not feasible, but if you are too, and this is a way that I think the Enneagram helps us in our businesses is to look at what are, what, what things feel very light to us and what things will feel very heavy to us. This is about who we are as people. And it's not that you can't grow right. And mm-hmm. in like not being a people pleaser as a, as a type two, you can grow in that. You can become less concerned with what people think you can become better at setting your own boundaries and and knowing, you know, to take care of yourself, things like that. But it is going to be kind of always how you're bent or, or made, you know, it's a beautiful thing to be a type two. So to know that as you grow your business, maybe what you hand off early are those phone calls about payments because you don't want to be doing those. They feel heavy to you. Yeah. I think they feel heavy to all yeah. Enneagram types really, but, but like, yeah. but getting that admin support or whatever. So think, thinking about, I, I think again, something useful for all business owners, no matter your Enneagram type, looking at your Enneagram type and, and noticing those things that you're doing in your work that sap your energy and feel so heavy to you. Think about outsourcing those first. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. free up your time mm-hmm. to, to really do what you do well. Like for you, it would be servicing children, you know? So anyway, I just yeah. wanted to make that little yeah. comment. Go on. That's, you that's have a more. good point. <laughs> that's a good point. No, I think, I think that's pretty much it. My, my fifth okay. one kind of, yeah, I think I'll save for a bit. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it here. Okay. Um, later on in the conversation. <laughs> oh, a little surprise coming everyone. A little nugget <laughs> it's of, that, of it's, it's truth not that coming. Fun. <laughs> 
Okay. So we've done the, we've done your strengths. We've done some of the challenges. And now what would you say you dream about for your business? Reaching everybody. (laughs) No, but, (laughs) but like, but, but really like that, that's one thing that I just come up. Um, I kind of keep coming back to is like, Mm. I really, really love one-on-one services, but like how, how can I reach, like, how can it be reach more people? Um, not everybody has, Right. Yeah. Not everybody has the, yeah. Help more people. Exactly. Um, how do I serve more people? How do I get this information into the hands of more people that it will help? And not everybody can, can afford the, this is the other thing I would like to do in my business is just to find ways to financially support people that really want or need the services, but yes. can't get it. And I know that there are systems, you know, in our, ideally in our healthcare system or in our state or things like that, that, you know, they can have access to some, but for instance, nature groups, private paid nature groups and things like that. Like um, some people are just financially are never going to have access to that on their own. And so I'd like to kind of set up a system. I haven't, I need to explore that more, but um, but that's one thing that I want to explore my business. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, so things are more accessible. Um, And then, yeah, just kind of in general, reaching more people with like um, helpful content. Yep. So I, I haven't nailed down exactly what that will look like yet, but hopefully in the next couple of years. So we'll see. It's so needed because I feel like so many of those you mentioned, like, you know, there's state programs or, or other programs, but man, they just, a lot of them have so many rules that don't allow us to really do best practice and really help people in the way that evidence shows works. And, and I think we can all resonate with that and know that the insurance-based model or the government program based model currently in the U S where we are having this conversation is not really set up well to really serve people. Well, the way that OTs like to serve people very holistically and yeah. So yes. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. And ideally we serve everyone. (laughs) Yes. Right. And we live in a community, right. That also wants to serve everybody. I realize not everybody are like, not everybody is a type two, but like what I think I would love is to gather a community of people that can support these other groups of people that, um, that need these services and can, um, can financially support them. So yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So last question I'm going to ask you, which I've only asked a few people. It's weird doing these episodes all out of order because I'm like, y'all, this is episode two and I'm not so sure. Like maybe I say something in episode eight that was recorded before this. (laughs) It's like, it's been crazy recording nine episodes in such a short period of time. I usually go a little bit more planned as I go, but so I maybe only have asked a few people this, but the thing that I really would love to hear from you is what do you wish other people knew about Enneagram twos to interact with Enneagram twos better? So this is, this is kind of leads me back to one of the things that I think can be a weakness, which is um, not everybody wants help. Not everybody Mm. wants advice. And so what I would say to people is sometimes we can't help ourselves. Like sometimes (laughs) we just start, you know, like you start talking and I just start thinking and sometimes I, I, I have kind of always blamed it on having like a therapist brain, but I, I think it might be more of like a type two type of brain kind of, yeah. Like how do we fix that problem? Like, right. um, how can I help you? What can I do for you? What can I, yeah. And so sometimes we can't help ourselves and you might just need to say like, because we're people pleasers, we want to do what you want yeah. us to do. Yeah. So, um, just tell us, 
what you want us to do, right? I would like you to just sit there and listen to me, please. Right. And, or something, whatever, right? And then, yes, yeah. I will do that for sure. So, yeah. So sometimes, yeah, sometimes we can't help ourselves and we just need a little bit of guidance on what you want. Um, and we appreciate the guidance. Hmm. Um, the other yeah. thing is like in a, in a spouse or in a, in a, in a partner yeah. um, is to like in, encourage us to take time take time for ourselves and it like invest in ourselves. Some of that is just like when, when we say like, Hey, we're going to do, go do this. Then just say like, awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll take care of the rest, you know, because that's hard. It's, it's, it's kind of hard to ask for it. And, um, but it's needed like it is for everybody. It's needed. Encourage us to take time. That would be the other thing. Those are really great. And I actually resonate as an eight, I, which we'll hear about in several more episodes. It's called the challenger. I resonate with that like idea of some people don't want you to fix their problems. And I can very easily go into like business coaching mode with like friends of mine that are not paying me for, they run a business, but they're not, you know, they tell me something. I'm like, Oh, you know what you should try is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, um, and some of them really want, I mean, they, I have friends that I, it's so fun when a good, good friend starts a business because I could talk about business all day long, but there are times when I have had to be self-aware and apologize because maybe I took a conversation in a direction trying to like fix a problem, quote unquote, in their business when they just wanted to vent about something that was going hard, it you know, mm-hmm. difficult in their business at the time. And so I, you know, I've had to go back. I'm thinking of a particular instance in which I had to go back to a friend and say, I'm really sorry. Like I realize I went into total business like fix it mode and you were feeling down and it was like, I kicked you when you were down and I shouldn't have done that. And she was like, it was hard, but I needed the feedback, but yeah, maybe in a, you know, different time, you know? <laughs> but we're like yeah. best friends. So it was totally fine. But, yeah. but it's interesting that other, I, I love that you brought that up because I wouldn't think that that would be a struggle for twos, but it's, it makes sense that like, you just can't help yourself. You want to help, you know? So yeah. 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 And sometimes people just want to like cry or, or whatever, yeah, right? Like they just yeah. want to um, be, yeah. And, and you want are. to be like, yeah. And you're just like, I just want to help you. Like, how can I do that? And yeah. um, that can be really hard to not be able to help. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful for you, for your time, for coming on. We went a little longer than I've gone on some of these, but I think that that's good because I do, like I said at the beginning, I do think that this type in particular is a lot of occupational therapists and other helping professionals out there. So thank you, Rachel. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. Hopefully there was something useful there. (laughs) Yes. So everyone take a small step toward loving the twos in your life by knowing they can't help themselves and also making them go away to get some time and take care of themselves. So taking that small step and it's going to make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.